0: Hey guys, I just wanna take a minute here to talk about Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is, it is where I actually make my podcast. It is the easiest way to get started in podcasting. They've made everything super simple. They have recording software right on their app or online as well. They distribute your podcast for you. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere almost anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. These guys have spread my name out there for me. They made it super simple. You can record right to the app or online. You guys, if, you, if you're even remotely interested in starting a podcast, this is the way to go. Okay, go to anchor.fm, so that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. And you can get started. Here's the cool thing. You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. You don't have to have your name out there with 100,000 people before you can start making money. They've actually sponsored me to put the spot in here. And guess what? I'm making a couple bucks. It's turning this from a hobby into a potential career for me. So if you care to, if you're interested at all, Go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app to get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another fun episode here at the Fiendstra Zoo. Last time we were here, we talked about Father's Day and celebrated a few good men who have changed my life. Today, we're going to look at the other side of the equation for the first time an interview as well. And who better to interview than my mom? I missed Mother's Day a while back and I should have had this done then, but no time like the present, right? So let me give this great lady an intro that she deserves. She is my mother, of course, and I have three older brothers, three grown men, um, all shaped by her. She's a grandmother of ten beautiful kiddos. She was a hairdresser, a welder, a professional driver, a sandblaster. She's an author and an artist, absolutely. And this is just a small list of this woman's amazing accomplishments. I am grateful to this woman for the man that I have become. She raised me to be a man of God. She raised me to respect others and appreciate the things that make us all different. Of co- I mean, of course, my mom had a profound influence on me, and I don't have the time to tell you all the things she has taught me, and no one has that kind of patience to listen to that kind of list. But I will tell you one lesson that she has taught me before we jump into our conversation together. Persistence. My mom is ruthlessly persistent. When she wants something she will stop at almost nothing to will it into her existence. As a child, she said, if I wanted something, I needed to work for it. And if it's not worth working towards, then it's probably not worth having. Let me tell you a story to go along with this. So back in the day, my brothers and I, we wanted a PS2, PlayStation 2, brand new console out on the market. And our parents told us that if we want it we got to work for it and not just work for them but we have to earn our own money so what does any group of children logically think of a paper route so we delivered the Lethbridge shopper every Friday for several months to earn enough money to buy this console the four of us delivered this paper to every single house, every single Friday, in Nobleford. Now if you remember from last podcast, you learned that Nobleford is a very small town, but it was still around 300 papers that we delivered every Friday. It took us months, but persistent work to attain our goal. This is what my mom taught me from way back in the day it's kind of like this podcast I have not started out with a huge listenership but it's worth it so I will stick with it I will be persistent every couple weeks there's going to be a new episode I will keep pushing and eventually it will grow so persistence my mom taught me well But it's time to hear from her in her own words, so I will jump right over to my interview we had uh, last weekend with my mom, and uh, you'll hear her voice for the first time on this podcast. Without further ado, my mom, Cindy All Alright, so before we get started with the interview here, there's one thing I wanted to do. Last week, I told stories about how men have changed and shaped my life. This week, I get to interview my mom and I wanted to tell my favorite story about her. Back when I was playing soccer, it didn't matter where or when, you were always at the sidelines almost every game, almost every game I played you were there cheering me on. You were always ready to show up for us, my brothers and I. I remember one game specifically where I was playing in Iron Springs. I was a goalie for our team, maybe 14 years old. We were playing quite well, and I decided it was my turn to score. I ran the whole field as a goalie. I remember my coach hated me playing so foolishly aggressive. But I heard you screaming and cheering the whole time. I saw you cheering after I scored. At that moment, I might as well have been Cristian Ronaldo. This is partly why I play most sports so aggressively. Also, because I'm quite competitive. But my favorite memory was seeing you on the sidelines, no matter when or where, cheering me on.
1: Aww.
0: Mom, thank you for always being in my corner. I cannot explain how much your support has meant to me over the years.
1: Well, that touches me, son. Thank you.
0: So, you've heard my favorite story. Yes. I would love to know what your favorite story of me and my brothers is.
1: There is so, there is so many memories. Raising four sons, each one is so different. But if I were to pick one story of you but there's so many again. I could go back. One of my favorite stories is I just actually, we were just talking about it a minute ago, of when we were sitting around the kitchen table, we were having supper, and your strange sense of humor made us literally almost fall on the floor. However, you did fall on the floor laughing. And it was the silliest joke, and you were telling your own version of a joke that Cody had told earlier, and you found yourself so hilarious. And you were rolling on the floor, and it it just... I I wept. I was laughing so hard. And that's one of my favorite stories about you. But there's so many. Bottle rockets. (laughs) Loved those times. Soccer... Those times, you growing up into such an amazing man, Spencer. I am just so thrilled to be sitting here with you, again, on your in your corner, on your side, cheering you on, doing this podcast. I couldn't be so more more proud <laughs> of a mother.
0: Thank you. One thing I would love to hear. Mm-hmm. Your Sparks Notes version of your story. Of my story. Yeah. Where did you come from? What did you want to be when you were a kid? (laughs) I want to know your story in a nutshell.
1: In a nutshell. Well, growing up on a farm, I had one older brother and one younger sister. But our ages were so quite spread apart that uh, we basically grew up separately. However, what I wanted to be when I grew up, well, while I was growing up, I was always on either on the back of a motorbike or I was on the back of a horse or my dad was driving me to either being a pitcher in a baseball field or a baseball game or I was going to figure skating. So I was doing a little bit of everything. I grew up as a tomboy um, but always in a Christian home with Christian values and Christian faith. And what did I want to be when I grew up? I wanted to be a ballerina. I have a very hard
0: time seeing that. (laughs) I know, right?
1: I was in grade three, and I pretended so hard that I was a ballerina that I had fooled myself, as well as a lot of the kids that I was going to school with, that, oh, she is a ballerina. Look at that. (laughs) It was so funny. But uh, as I grew up and grew older, I wanted... I didn't really have a lot of aspirations back then, so... Um, growing up through high school, I, I'm not sure what to say from there. (laughs) Um, partially because when I was in high school, that's when I met your father and he was in grade 12 and I was in grade 10, we met. And, uh, so we started going to his church and when we met, we had a very whirlwind relationship.
0: It was back in Vauxhall.
1: That was back in Vauxhall. And it was a whirlwind, and we got uh, married very quickly. But one thing led to another, and we were told that we could never have children. <laughs> Boy, did God fool the doctors! <laughs>
0: um, if you recall, I have three older brothers.
1: Yes, <laughs> I have four sons, and uh, we came to the conclusion: okay, we're not going to have any kids, so that we're going to, you know, live a wild and crazy life. <laughs> and uh, poof. I got pregnant with the first one, and every two years and two months after that, um, a baby boy came into this world. So <laughs> it was hilarious how it all worked out. Two years and two months later, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then on the last one, uh, we were going to stop at three, and fourth just showed up. <laughs> and the running joke was, mailman, milkman,
0: <laughs> postman, Man. and yeah. FedEx. <laughs> Uh, Spencer was delivered out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's a little tiny snippet. That's not really about me. It's more, again, about you guys.
0: So you've been married to Tito for how long now?
1: Uh, we're running on three years. It's come up three years, yeah. But we've been together for nine. Well, we've known each other for nine. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We met online in a Christian dating room. And we were... I was looking for a friend by then. I was just looking for friends. He was just looking for a friend. And because he's an artist and I'm an artist, we started talking about our paintings. And, uh, yeah. It just kind of... And he is an amazing guitarist. So his music... I love music. So, yeah.
0: Tito being the one who was teaching me how to play guitar. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And... You found your love of board games through Tito as well? Yes.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I didn't do a lot of board games when I was growing up. Uh, Being that living on a farm, it was very difficult to have any time other than taking care of the cows in the fields and stuff like that. And then when I had young kids, um, there was no time because I was raising four boys. So Tito is the one that introduced me to board gaming, and we just absolutely love board gaming. We have 53 three or fifty-four now. Board games in our closet.
0: And your favorite one? Oh. Give me Give me a top five. Top five. Yeah.
1: Um, Wingspan. Yeah. Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. Um, Lords of Waterdeep. Oh, geez, there's so many. Um, oh, I love uh, Clank. Yeah. And terraforming Mars.
0: Solid picks. Yes. I would add Mystic Veil. Oh, yes.
1: Like I said. <laughs> Steampunk Rally. Yeah. Yeah. There, oh, <laughs> the T1, TZ. Tolken. Tolkien. Tolkien. Le- Tzolkin. Yeah. There's so many, I just love them all.
0: <laughs> so you're a mom of four boys. Yes. What would you tell another mother of young boys? Tips, tricks best advice you could give for raising boys
1: best advice yeah don't be too serious never take yourself as a mother too seriously when you're raising them laugh with them cry with them do a lot of holding especially with boys Um, never be afraid of making mistakes and admitting that you made a mistake. When you've made a mistake with raising them or, or you yell, scream, rant, and rave me, uh, <laughs> slamming cupboard doors in the kitchen, I lost my temper many times because of frustration or whatever. But we never, were not
0: exactly easy, children. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, I, never was, I was never afraid of saying, I'm sorry. I was never afraid. And if you're raising four sons, don't take it so seriously laugh with them and uh, if they're a handful laugh with them even more because if the more you yell at them the more they hide internally and we don't want that to happen especially with sons nowadays you want to raise them with integrity you want to raise them with morals and values and especially raise them with God at the center of your home. That's the best advice I could give.
0: It's great advice. I know we we hold similar values for raising Tinsley and Hadley. Daughters. Yeah.
1: You've got your handful, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I had four sons. So you've got daughters. They're ten times harder.
0: <laughs> no, just sassier. Just sassier. <laughs>
1: you've done a good job so far.
0: Thank you. No, that's uh That's Shalane, she's taught me a lot about daughters. Mm. Same with, uh, Mike, my father-in-law.
1: Great man.
0: But yeah, we don't take it too seriously and we admit our faults. It's hard, especially as a dad, to get down on my knees and look Tinsley or Hadley in the eye and be like, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I was in the wrong and just hold them, give them a hug. Yep. Remind them that I love them no matter what. No matter what. And just admitting your faults mm-hmm. and say, I'll do better.
1: Yeah, that's the way I did it.
0: It worked. Oh, that's
1: right. <laughs> do you remember? Here's another memory. Every time you kids walked out the door, God bless you, I love you, and have a good day.
0: Absolutely. Then you'd stand at the window and do your silly hand sign.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the I love you hand (laughs) sign. Do you know that Cody and Josh and Brayden do that now? Yep. It's so cool. I caught Cody
0: doing it last time we were up there. Yeah. Um, Cody, my oldest brother, um, when we stayed up there, he was leaving for just an errand and... As he's walking out the door, he says, God bless you. I love you. I'll be back soon.
1: Aw. <laughs> it's just those little tiny traditions that really stick. Yeah. I love those tiny traditions.
0: I always thought that was the doofiest thing growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but I find myself doing similar things yeah. as I walk out the door for work or
1: yeah.
0: when, like, sending tinny off to school last well, when she was in pre-k
1: yeah
0: just you know god bless you i love you have a good day at school
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: as i walk out the door for work now it's uh i love you girls be good for mom <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: girls are different than boys
0: <laughs> but actually when i tuck the girls in for bed mm. it's God bless you. I love you. Good night.
1: Aww. Every night
0: as I tuck them in. Those little things that I never knew would stick with me.
1: Yeah. It's those little tiny traditions that I thought were important enough for me to pass that on to you guys.
0: What's and- one thing you wish you passed on to us that you don't think is stuck?
1: You know, I don't think I can answer that because you go, all four of you boys, um, I am so incredibly blessed to to know that I have sent you guys out the door to be so independent. You guys, (laughs) the pain for me is knowing that you guys don't need me anymore. <laughs> that is what hurts the most, is you don't need me anymore because I raised you to the point where you guys are, ta- you basically are so independent. And I. that's the way God wanted it from the, from the get-go. You know, leave uh, your mom and dad and cleave to your wife. Yeah, it's just <laughs> so incredibly well done.
0: It's tough that that's the goal we're all striving for Mm -hmm. and the day as a dad that I am dreading. (laughs) It is so
1: incredibly (laughs) painful to watch each one of you guys thrive and not need me.
0: I remember on Shalane and I's wedding day as Shalane came down the aisle with Mike Yes. I mean, stunning bride. I am one of the luckiest men in the world.
1: Yes, you are.
0: (laughs) Um, I remember seeing Mike whispering to Shalane, no idea. He will never tell me what he said to her. (laughs) He shouldn't. But they shared a giggle as they were coming down the aisle and probably making fun of me saying something along the lines of, you know, I bet he's going to cry or something. Mm -hmm, Probably. (laughs) But he got to the end of the aisle And he handed Shalane off to me. And although I don't think I've ever seen him more proud. Yes. You could see in his eyes that it's just a little bit of sad behind the happy. There is. And I don't, I don't comprehend it Mm. because I'm not anywhere close to that with my girls. But part of me understands now that I have daughters Mm. is that one day I'm going to have to hand them off and I have no idea how I'm going to do that.
1: (laughs) You just do the, do the 10 prayer. Uh, I I don't have it with me. I will give it to Spencer and he will be able to um, give it to you folks out there. It is, it is a prayer that I prayed from the day they came out of, me, <laughs> and into this world, I was praying for their wives even at the age of one. Uh, even when I was nursing um, each kid, um, I prayed for their wives, the integrity, their, their honesty, their, their loyalty. All these things that I prayed for is all biblical, of course. And um, there's ten specific prayers that I prayed for these guys, and one of them was... prayer that they will know um, how to be truly strong Christian men and that they will be able to treat their wives so so well and so far all four of my sons has God has really blessed all four of them to become men of God men of integrity men of strength, and that's, I'd really attribute that to, to the prayers that I prayed for God, or to God, to bless you, son, you guys, and I think that's, that's how I got to hand you guys over to your wives, and to know, is because when, when we were, when you guys were younger, I knew that that's how you guys were growing, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just that faith knowing that you guys were going to be
0: okay. So, on that topic, you no. Know, as a mom, you feel like you're no longer needed.
1: <laughs> I'm, I know I'm not. <laughs> I know I'm not.
0: Um, I would say... That's false. Oh. It's not that I still need to be coddled by my mom. (laughs) But you're needed in other respects.
1: Yes, of course, as an adult male. Yeah,
0: I I don't need my mommy. (laughs) But I want my mom as a friend. Yes. Over the past few years since you moved out here, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's truly been attained. Mm -hmm. The transition from parent to friendship. Well, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Me either. We, our game nights once a week, at least dinner once a week. <laughs> it, it's honestly, especially through this pandemic mm. has been one of Shalane and I's saving graces, mm. actual human connection. Right. Um, what are your thoughts? How do you think we made it from parent to friend?
1: I had, to, I had to roll up motherhood and put it in an envelope and I had to really look at you as a son and get to know Shalane as a daughter-in-law, your wife, your number one. And I have to keep reminding myself, not anymore, of course, but I had to remind myself that you are to turn to her, not to me, for advice, for love, for coddling, for whatever you want. It comes from your wife. So for me, how did we go from mother to... is because I had to take a step back and allow you just take a step forward It's it's a tough thing for a mom especially a mom of four sons sons turn to their father daughters turn to their mother and for a mother of four sons it's a really tough transition to allow yourself to let go and let God lead you boys it's a tough thing
0: I can imagine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And you will eventually feel that, but not as much. Because daughters always love and need daddy. Always. (laughs) So you're going to be there. You're going to be just fine.
0: Well, I know we're going to be fine. We'll find out how to transition from parent to friend with my own kids and Mm -hmm. their own In their own time. Oh my goodness, they are already your best friend. Are you kidding? (laughs) I'm very lucky, but they're also (laughs) six and four, not even four yet. (laughs) That's true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's six going on 16, dear. (laughs) Oh, no,
0: I am so not ready for that.
1: Yeah.
0: No, I I think as a son, for for me, I mean, it started a long time ago. I guess back when I was, like, 17, when I moved out, I started searching for my own independence. Identity. Yeah. Um, and I definitely stepped away from our mother relationship back then, even. But that brief time before Shalane and I got married, when I moved back into to your place up in Calgary... Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our dynamic had shifted even back then. Yeah. But it didn't really solidify that friendship relationship, like I said, until you moved out here, back out to the coast with us.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Where Shillane and I had our own independence, our own identity with each other. Uh, we had been married, what, f- four... Oh, shoot.
1: More than that. Five
0: <laughs> years... No, four years at that point, because we're going on seven next month. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Time flies. Right. We we'd found our own independence and our own identity. So when you moved out here and wanted, we both wanted to be back in each other's lives, It was, it was easier to step in as a friend. And we mm-hmm. could be... There wasn't the dependence needed there. There wasn't a... a a mom relationship there anymore it was just learning who you were learning who Tito was Mm -hmm. and going in without some preconceived notion of superiority
1: I don't find myself after all all you guys got married and moved away and what have you i I didn't have the superiority as a mother. Exactly. And and I didn't have that role anymore. You you guys didn't need that role. And for me to step back into that, I w- await you boys to make the first move. I, I try to keep myself pulled back a little bit. Not meaning to...
0: Not withdrawn. But Not withdrawn.
1: Do- just had to step back because you guys are still learning to get married, learning to be married, learning your new wives, learning your own ways. Um, that's when a mother does step back and watch her sons fly and flourish and blossom.
0: Because we're pretty flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's true though. Like we, You definitely step back from that role and... Um, I count myself very blessed that you and Tito are, are my friend, Mm -hmm. Shalane's friend. Um,
1: Tito is pretty amazing.
0: I, I completely agree. Um, he's been a fantastic friend. He's been a fantastic, uh, role model, male Mm -hmm. role model for me. Um, I couldn't ask for anyone better for you. Me either. Yeah. Pretty lucky. One day I'll have him on here too. We'll be fine. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) So in the intro, I teased a little bit about your background with work. You have a teasingly diverse resume. Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, Tito teases me all the time that I've done everything except for (laughs) NASA.
0: You don't want to be an astronaut. It's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, not really.
0: Um, so why don't you give us the highlight reel of <clears throat> what you have done in your life, work-wise?
1: Well, when you kids kids were, were little or younger, um, I did work in a flower shop. I remember that. Yeah. And that's how we bought the trampoline.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then right after that, um, the next job after that was way later... Um, after my breakup and I needed a job. So, oh, I guess prior to that, I was a hairdresser and I had a hair salon in my house. Mm -hmm. But that was an ongoing thing, even prior to having kids. Um, I was always a hairdresser. And then after the breakup, then I went into welding. I did welding for three years. And then... um, after I sold the house in Nobleford and moved up to Calgary, I had various jobs like in Sears and, and uh, Michaels. Um, Michaels, And then I couldn't make a living off of those things, so I went and got my Class 1. So I drove truck for a while, doing delivering um, diesel fuel all over the city of Calgary with highway fuel services, and dump trucks, various dump trucks and what have you. And I've also done um street cleaning with a street cleaner out here um, on the island and uh artist painter ct professional organizer i did that for a stint um cleaning and organizing people's homes so unless i am forgetting a few of them i know that but uh that's a little bit a little bit and right now i am a sandblaster for a sandblasting company here in Lanceville.
0: Like I said, teasingly diverse resume.
1: Teasingly diverse. No kidding.
0: What was the best job you ever had? By far the welder.
1: By far welding. I loved welding.
0: What made it so great?
1: Partially because it was the first job that I had that I could do really, really well. Um, I loved m- making the weld look like butter. It, that's the artist in me. I, I loved doing that and creating and fabricating different things. I actually did a, 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 a ornamental piece out of metal and welding it together. It looked quite extraordinary. I did it out of chains and it came up and it actually looked like a um, tornado backwards tornado so it looked really cool. I love doing that kind of stuff (laughs) but I also did it for three years so I got quite good at it. Truck driving gave me the freedom to see things and drive truck so that was quite extraordinary as well so that one gave me the freedom of the road so I know the why your dad loved it because it gave him the freedom of the road so it was quite extraordinary learning that one too
0: my dad's been a truck driver since long before I was born he hauled semi for a few different companies um, all over, over Alberta, BC yeah. up to the Yukon done some long haul Yeah. yeah definitely loves his job too
1: <laughs> he's done it for about 35 years 30-35 years, something like that
0: what was the worst job you ever had?
1: Oh, I won't say the company, but it was retail. And I partially didn't like the boss that I was working for, but I did not enjoy working at that particular place. That one was the very first job I ever quit. <laughs> I am i am not a quitter. I am extraordinarily tenacious. And uh, I am also very, very loyal. But that one, I... <laughs> I couldn't take it. So that one didn't last very long. So that was retail. So that one was the worst of the worst.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I know what company that was. (laughs) I have one last question and then one follow up for you. So you're a mother Mm. and a grandmother. Yes. What's better?
1: Oh, that's not fair. (laughs) That's not fair. They are both, to me... Motherhood was the most amazing job I would have ever had. Besides truck driving and welding and what have you, motherhood was the best job. I will never, ever fall away from that. Grandmother, however... And I haven't had a chance to get to know all of my grandbabies because they have moved away, from they're too far away from home. Ten grandchildren. I have ten. I have ten extraordinary, beautiful, amazing grandkids, and they are so very, very smart it's and bred out between
0: here on the island. Yeah. Red Deer. Yeah. Lethbridge. Yeah. And Washington.
1: Yes so it's hard to see them all in fact there's one grandbaby that I still haven't even met face to face yet
0: mm, COVID I tell ya
1: yeah that one hurts <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to know her so bad
0: that is my brother Braden's daughter yes Alexandria yeah
1: yeah I have not met her face to face yet and apparently... neither
0: have Shalane and I It uh,
1: sucks. See, I can't wait to see her
0: so what's better?
1: I'm not answering this. <laughs> Everybody says when we walk in the store and stuff, oh, isn't it wonderful to be a grandmother? We should have had grandkids first. They are so great. Yeah, because you can pick them up, shake them, and hand them back. You know, that's the greatest thing. Raising your children is the hardest thing. They weren't born with a book coming out. <laughs> that would hurt, actually. But <laughs> But uh, they weren't born with books, so you learn from your own mistakes. Hence, the reason why you you know you're not afraid to say I'm sorry. The best when...
0: advice I ever got before I had kids is like just before Tinsley was born, hmm. Cody sat me down and he's like, "Listen, none of us know what we're doing. We pretend we know what we're doing till it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> then we try something <laughs> new." Exactly. Best advice I ever got. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly.
0: No, I love being an uncle. It, it's so much fun. I love going and spo- whenever we go to anyone's house, we go bring toys, bring things that don't need batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Drum sets. <dads. laughs> oh, I, I'm waiting to get Cody a set of drums. I'm thinking a trumpet <laughs> would be a great idea. Trumpets are too hard to play. <laughs> S- bagpipes. Bagpipes. <laughs> I'm going to give, bring
1: them either bagpipes or a violin. <laughs> one, one or the other. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, also, here's a great piece of, little <laughs> tiny piece of um, advice for those who are raising four sons. Besides the humor and, and keeping it going with the, the laughter and stuff like that, prayer tons and tons of prayer as you're raising your own kids but when you have grandchildren i am now praying the same 10 prayers for my grandchildren it takes a while because i have 10 but uh, god knows when i say i have five minutes here include them all in one big bunch and i pray for all of them (laughs) (laughs) but uh prayer it, it goes a long long way And it also gives you a peace of mind, because then you can just throw yourself into the trust that God's going to take care of
0: them. All right. And final question. What is the best part of being a mom or a grandma?
1: Best part of being a mom? Watching. 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 This past Christmas, we spent with you guys, mm-hmm. we were sitting on your so-called nest. <laughs> and I'm watching the dynamics with you and your family, with Kevin here, my other son, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin slash son. Um, and I'm just watching the dynamics between you, Shelaine and your kids. And the dynamics that you guys create is just... There, there's no words to express. I, I want to call it pride, but it's not pride because I really didn't do it. I, I, I do a, a lot of the attributing to what you how you guys are now to God because there's a lot of things that I, I, I couldn't have done myself. So when I say, yeah, just watching the dynamics, I think that would be watching, the word watching.
0: All right well mom thank you so much for being on the podcast i've wanted to do this for a while i've wanted to bring you on for a while i wanted to do this before mother's day actually um but timing and everything just didn't work out unfortunately um so thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you for sitting down with me
1: i actually am honored (laughs) to do this with you i'm really honored
0: I'm going to let everyone hear me be sappy. I love you and thank you.
1: Oh, that's not sappy. That's <laughs> in, that's needed. <laughs> I love you too.
0: So there we are, folks. My mom here at the zoo. I am grateful to have her on this podcast. I'm grateful for her sharing her well, a st- short snapshot of her story. Again, mom... Thank you. Thank you for your views, your words, your encouragement, and of course, your life lessons in raising me. And to the listeners here of the zoo, I would love to hear from you. Let me hear your favorite memory with your mom. Reach out to me on any of my social media it's The Feenstra Zoo on Facebook or on Instagram, or find me at uh, Spencer Feenstra on Twitter. That is all for today. I'll be back on the 18th for another fun episode. Stay tuned to the social media for the teasers there. For now, God bless.